0: Welcome to the Worship Podcast from the Sanctuary of Davis Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Jeff Irwin with Lama Akhmana, our music director and organist. It's Palm Sunday, and it's also Passion Sunday, and all of Jesus' ministry has really led us to this point. Jesus the healer, Jesus the teacher, the friend of outcasts, told his friends early on that he would be put to death. Today, the paradox of goodness and evil is the Palm Sunday Hosanna and the cry to crucify him. This is what we are capable of, trusting God's grace and destroying God's love. Today, our guest preacher is Carolyn Brode. Carolyn is a recent graduate of Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary, and we are blessed to have her with us this Palm and Passion Sunday. Okay, Lama, um, what music selections have you made for this Sunday?
1: Today, our guest soprano is Kimberly Lynch from Montreal, my colleague from McGill. Uh, she will sing a hymn, My Song is Love Unknown, which I recorded here and we put this together. And she will sing an aria from St. John's Passion, I Follow You Likewise with Joyful Steps. Um, this Passion is one of the passions what Johann Sebastian composed. It's on two parts. It was premiered as a Vespers on Good Friday. It consists on recitatives, arias, and hymns. So he didn't mean it like a concert, but it's actually a liturgical work. So Evangelist is tenor. Soloists are singing arias, it's a string ensemble, continue, flutes, and oboes. Um, Text which Kimberly will sing is uh, what said Simon Peter when he followed Jesus. And it was, I follow you likewise with joyful steps and do not leave you, my life, my light. Bring me on my way and do not cease to pull and push and urge me on. Our hymns will be beneath the cross of Jesus and our sacred head now wounded.
0: All right, it is a rich uh, Sunday musically, texts. It's a Sunday that moves from joy to the cross. Uh, Lots of of going on on Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday. Okay, welcome to the worship podcast. Enjoy the service. I'm not the only Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When they were approaching Jerusalem, at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say, the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing, untying the colt? They told him what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Hosanna in the highest heaven! Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Let us pray. We praise you, O God, for redeeming the world through our Savior Jesus Christ. Today he entered the holy city in triumph and was proclaimed Messiah and King by those who spread garments and branches along his way. Bless the branches lifted high across the world and those who carry them. May we enter into life with you through the same Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.
2: The scripture reading is from Isaiah, the 50th chapter. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me, who will declare me guilty. Word of God, Word of Life.
3: gospel according to Mark the 15th chapter. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, are you king of the Jews? He answered him, you say so. Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further reply. So that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them, Do you want me to release for you king of the Jews? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again, Then what do you wish me to do with the man you call king of the Jews? they shouted back, Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard out of the palace, that is the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole cohort and they clothed him in a purple cloak and after twisting some thorns into a crown they put it on him and they began saluting him hail king of the jews they struck his head with a reed spat upon him and knelt down in homage to him after mocking him they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his clothes on him then they led him out to crucify him they compelled a by, who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. They crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Ah, you would destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying he saved others he cannot save himself let the messiah the king of israel come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe those who were crucified to him also taunted him when it was noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon at three o'clock jesus cried out with a loud voice Eli, Eli, Lema, Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then some of the past bystanders heard it. They said, Listen, he is calling for Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry, and breathed his last and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last he said truly this man was god's son the gospel of the lord Insurrection and civil unrest are the climate of the day. There was fake news, a call for traditional values, government officials playing to the popular, military involvement, spectators and bystanders. Does this sound familiar? Is it something you can imagine? It does to me after this last year. I could never have imagined all the events that occurred, a global pandemic, devastating West Coast wildfires, the stock market crashing, Black Lives Matter protests across the country, and political intrigue to name a few. Not only did these events happen in 2020, but there has been the human cost to all this to people. Just looking at the cost of COVID-19, we have lost more than a half a million people this past year in the United States. In addition to the loss of life, COVID has had the greatest impact on those who are at the lower end of the pay scale and communities of color. Not only did our lives change, but we learned who were the frontline workers and who risked their lives daily so most of us could shelter in place. Businesses were forced to close and people lost their jobs. Many people lost it all and are newly homeless. We can imagine a society under government rule with political and financial pressures and the desperateness of the people for life to return to normal. That's the picture Mark is painting for us and we find ourselves right in the middle of Jesus's story. That's what makes this passion narrative so relatable. I can usually find where I am in this story when I look closely to what is happening. So today I'm going to look at ordinary people in the passion narrative and see if there is something similar or familiar that we have experienced this past year and if their response relates to our response to events in 2020 our first experience is that of the crowd who believes the fake news and is manipulated by its power The crowd wants their traditional values. These things done according to custom, and they don't question where this information is coming from. They just react. More than likely, they may not even really know much about Jesus or his teachings. He just does not represent the status quo. This past year, we have seen many crowds and some in our own backyard. In Sacramento, crowds gathered over the lockdown, racial justice, climate change, anti-vaccine, and election results, to name a few. Unlike the crowds gathered to demand Jesus' death by the government, the current-day crowds are demanding government to change, to reopen our communities, to restore what some may consider our civil liberties. We then meet the soldiers when the sentence is determined for Jesus, and the soldiers are given the task of following those orders. Soldiers throughout time have had the tradition of dehumanizing their enemy. The mocking and stripping naked is all part of that dehumanization. If we don't dehumanize the enemy, how could we torture another person or even put that person to death? This dehumanization has occurred with not only Jesus, but throughout history and continues into the 20th and 21st centuries. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was stripped naked when he went to the gallows, or even more recently, the prisoners in Abu Ghraib in Iraq. We don't have to be soldiers to dehumanize people. People like you and I who are just living our lives dehumanize people all the time when we meet them living on the streets. Most people don't look at or at least don't make eye contact with those living on the streets because if we did, we would see their suffering and their pain. The suffering of our siblings would make it too difficult for us not to meet their needs of food and shelter. Many of us may identify with the bystanders and the onlookers who were not a part of the mob, but were definitely judging what was happening. Just like this past summer with the Black Lives Matter protests, there were the protesters and there were bystanders who supported and looked on, but were not marching. And all of us were onlookers because we all had front row seats to the protests through our news and social media. Finally, we are given a glance at someone who is neither priest, crowd, bystander, or onlooker. We meet an individual man who makes a brief appearance, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country. Simon was more... than likely unaware of what was really happening with the chief priests and Jesus. We can assume he is Jewish and have returned to Jerusalem for the Passover festival with his two sons, Rufus and Alexander. Imagine being pulled from the crowd and commanded, compelled or seized by the Roman soldiers to carry the cross of Jesus. Regardless of how he got there, it was Simon who helped Jesus, the Son of God. He likely felt the blood of Jesus as he carried the cross. How did this unique experience change his life and that of his family? Are we like Simon when we are compelled to act on Christ's behalf, to care for our neighbor, and how does it change our lives? This past year, The number of homeless youth, individuals, and families has greatly increased because of the economic impact of the virus. Churches have had to get creative in meeting this increasing need. Some have gone from community meals to takeout meals. Some have had to close the shelter they offer and instead offer showers. And there have been a range of other compassionate responses. Either way, these acts of love for our neighbor continue to help carry Christ's cross out into the world. In the midst of religious and political power and ordinary people, the main focus of our passion narrative is on the accused, Jesus, who doesn't defend himself against the accusations. And only in today's gospel reading in Mark does Jesus give Pilate a direct answer. Jesus who has been bound and interrogated. And it's here that we are presented with a contrast. A contrast between humanity in all its brokenness and the Son of God. Jesus, whose message is revolutionary, but not in the typical sense of visible power that conquers enemies. The revolution of Jesus offers healing and love to a broken world. The world of flawed humans, the crowd, the bystanders and onlookers, and the Simons. Through all of this, it is only Jesus whose death and resurrection will usher in the kingdom of God to earth in mystical and supernatural ways. As we read this passion narrative, I can't help but wonder if you see yourself in the narrative. Are we the bystanders and onlookers who are interested in what's happening but not really involved? Are we the crowd who is acting on their beliefs and is stirred up by outside forces? Or are we Simon who carries the cross for the Son of God? This year, it is Simon who speaks to me. He's an ordinary man that is used for something exceptional. We are not told how old he is, how strong he is, or what is his profession. We are not even sure if he knows what he has all of a sudden been caught up in. All we know is that he has two sons and that he was coming into Jerusalem from the fields. This ordinary man does something exceptional and by carrying the cross to Gagatha. He is helping Jesus fulfill the prophecies for the long-awaited Messiah. The Passion Narrative shows us God's intention to transform the worst of humanity into the very best that God intends for all people, our planet, and our future. As we approach Holy Week, how are we allowing God to transform us? Ordinary people so we may be used for something exceptional. God calls us during this period of Lent to self-reflection, simplicity, and honesty. We are called by God to go out into the world and serve our neighbor. We are called to live out the revolutionary message of Jesus, of healing and love in the world. Amen.
2: prayers of intercession this week's response is have mercy O God relying on the promises of God we pray boldly for the church the world and all in need in Jesus you came among us as a suffering servant give your church humility redeem your people from pride and the certainty that we always know your will Heal us and empower us to confess Christ crucified. Hear us, O God. In creation, life springs from death. Redeem your creation awaiting resurrection. Restore lost habitats and endangered species. Create new possibilities for areas affected by climate change. Grant relief from natural disasters. And nurture new growth. Hear us, O God. Jesus was handed over to the powers of this world. In all nations, instruct the powerful, that they would not exploit their power, but maintain justice, sustain soldiers, and guide those who command them, that they serve those in greatest need. Hear us, O God. On the cross, Jesus joined all who feel forsaken. Abide with those who are condemned to death. Defend those who are falsely accused. Console and strengthen those who are mocked or bullied. Accompany all who suffer. Grant respite and renewal. Hear us, O God. You called followers to tend Jesus' body in death. Sustain hospice workers and funeral directors, bless this congregation's ministries at times of death, those who plan and lead funerals, those who prepare meals, all who offer support in grief. Hear us, O God. Remembering God, you carry us along the way, providing us what we need when we need it. We remember those we have carried with us this week, those on our prayer chain, and those we each pray for now. Hear us, O God. You inspired the centurion to confess Jesus as your son. We praise you for the faith you have given to people of all places and times. Give us also such faith to trust the promises of baptism, and, with them, to look for the resurrection of the dead. Hear us, O God.
0: We entrust ourselves and all our prayers to you, O faithful God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord is with you always. Thanks again for listening to the Worship Podcast this week. And special thanks to our guests this week, uh, Vicar Carolyn Brote, our preacher, and Kimberly Lynch, our singer this morning. Thank you so much for being a part of this special day for us. We will be um, gathering again on Easter Sunday on the podcast. So celebrate this week with Holy Week, with Monday, Thursday and Good Friday in your local communities and join us again for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, as we celebrate Easter. Have a blessed week.
1: This podcast has been produced in compliance and under the licenses from CCLI and Augsburg Fortress.